Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey, 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 good evening, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor, faithful guidance servant on the healing journey. What's my name? Big Papa, Brian Post. I may not be your trusted parenting advisor, but after this episode, because I was sitting here thinking, what am I going to talk about today? This amazing manic Monday. And then I thought, why don't I just talk about something that's going to piss everybody off? And what better thing to piss everybody off than ADHD? Oh my gosh. People lose their minds when they're talking about ADHD and then consequences. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, Big Papa's actually not here to piss anybody off. And then with well, the episode, the title is In General States of Madness, because <laughs> I think both of those topics seem to drive people a little bit crazy. And I think I was just trying to get a rise out of myself because I don't feel like talking about either one of them, to be honest with you. Um... I feel like children diagnosed with ADHD are uh, misdiagnosed in almost every instance, and I think that they are really geniuses, and I think that our educational system has failed to figure out how to educate them properly and effectively. And medication is used primarily in the, in the school for these children to make them sit still. That's pretty much my contention. I believe that under underneath um, the symptoms of every ADHD child is going to be some level of trauma and there's just it's almost unavoidable and so I've just talked about it for years I did a whole video gosh I think a two-hour training on um, the labeling tree how the differential diagnosis that we deal with with our children how we are not looking at the roots and this all came about this morning because I posted I shared a post on someone shared a big article on ADHD and I knew it was going to get all people all stirred up. So, you know, I thought, hey, what the heck? Hey, good evening, Mimi. Good evening, Kirsten from the Netherlands. Good evening, Rose Baker. And good evening, Tina from the UK. Good to see you guys. So, uh, and I'm here in Oakland, flew in this morning. It uh, actually has cleared up. It was rainy, but it's very warm. I heard it was very hot down in Eureka. So anyway, I shared that post this morning because I just knew, you know, anytime you get a, a contrary a contrary opinion in an article, you know, and this is basically talking about in this, you know, what a couple months ago, I posted something about ADHD because you just hear, oh my God, I mean, I've been hearing about ADHD for so long. It's like, oh, give me a break. Do we not have a better diagnosis than that already? Can we not come up with something more creative than than just some drug that we use to give children medication. And people are like, well, the medication works. Well, of course the medication works because the medication will work for most people. It will help most people who have that brain state. It will help them be more focused the same way caffeine does, the same way um, meditation does, you know, the same way. Lots of things will help you to be able to focus if you have that brains, that hyper aroused brain state. But it's just like for so long in, in the problem, here's what the real issue is. The real issue is that the pharmaceutical industry has gotten so ingrained in the psyche of our culture that we truly do believe it, like this, this phenomenon which has just accelerated since the 80s, where, you know, one, one out, what is the statistic, one out of every five boys is diagnosed with ADHD, this, this $10.4 billion medication industry 
just on ADHD alone, the pharmaceutical companies have gotten so far into our psyche that we believe this is an actual disorder. People actually believe that this is, this is some phenomenon that is affecting all these kids across the country as if it's not like the zombie apocalypse. I mean, it's like, you know, we marketing, marketing has done such an astute job. And then, you know, you take it to your average family physician who's doing nothing more than writing scripts that the pharmaceutical rep brings into him and tells him this is the latest thing for these symptoms. And the doctor writes the script, you know, because that's what doctors do. They write scripts without doing any research, without doing any questioning. And I just find it's just it's just interesting. And I just really, 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 really wish that there were more commonplace alternatives for children, especially who have been diagnosed with ADHD for educating them differently, for putting them in different environments, putting them in environments where they can be active. Because I believe that they're kinesthetic learners and giving them environments where they can be active and they can be and they can move and they can have their energy and they can have their creativity and their genius can be maximized instead of suppressed and i know i know everyone oh but it works for my kid what does it do it helps them to sit down and operate within this box so they can focus and learn the way the educational system wants them to learn which is visual and auditory that's what it does. That's what that's what effective. That's what we're classifying as effective. What we're classifying as effective is putting taking our children with with these special characteristics and special personalities and special genes. I said I wasn't going to talk about this. Put them in, putting them into the world and giving them drugs so they will be able to operate within what the world says is normal and 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 what the world says is is appropriate and what the world says um, is a necessity for success but have you ever asked yourself a question about is that really the best world you want your child being shaped for i mean is is that is that really that society out there that we're living in is that really who you want to be dictating to how your child should perform and behave. I mean, to me, I think that's very questionable. And I would encourage you all to question, and I, I say this constantly, question everything. Stop taking things for face value. Yes, I understand that a really hyperactive child can make you really stressed. I get it. I really do get it. I, I get that a really hyperactive child can make you feel helpless and overwhelmed and not sure what to do. But I'm also telling you that there is a reality beyond psychiatric medications. There is a place where your child, there is a place in the world where your child can exist without drugs. I'm telling you that, I'm telling you that, I'm telling you that after 20 something odd years. And I probably could have received kind of some kind of medication as a kid, not for ADHD, but for, you know, aggression or defiance or, you know, tearing up stuff or any any other number of things, you know, that kids do that ends up getting put into a box and getting getting a label put put on them. Because the only thing a diagnostic label is good for is to be able to bill insurance, to be able to pay for medication eventually. There's just different ways of looking at things, I'm telling you. And the same, the same, you know, the same can be said 
um, on, a, on a whole nother level with consequences. You know, how many children are we, are we diagnosing with ADHD that we're also giving consequences to? And we realize the consequences don't work. So when the consequences stop working, what do we do? We increase the medication. See, we're not doing anything different. It's all on that continuum. You know, you've heard, you guys have heard me talk about the, the parenting continuum where you have that negative side, that negative one to 10 all the way out to negative 100. That's a continuum of stress and fear. The common denominator of all those common things we do, time out, consequences, behavior modification, restraint, medication, rather than modifications of environments and relationships. See, medication, we choose medication over modification of environments and relationships. And that's always been my contention. My contention has always been before you medicate a child, exhaust every possible environmental and relationship variable that you can. Now, once you've exhausted every environmental and relationship variable and that child still is not doing better, still is not performing better, then and only then may you have some cause for medication. But until you've done that, and, and, and how many times, how many times does a school put, answer this question, how many times does a school put a child who's diagnosed as ADHD on an IEP? If a child really does have a brain condition that warrants them needing a medication, before the age of 18. So, you know, we're, we got, we've got kids getting recommended for medication as early as three years old. I've seen children five years old on three psychiatric medications before. If a child has a brain condition that really warrants drugs, shouldn't that indicate that that child also needs an individual education plan? So I'd be really curious how many children in school that are diagnosed with ADHD are actually on an IEP. And how many of those IEPs actually speak to any level of stress sensitivity that may be going in into that going on in that child's life? Any any level of sensory overwhelm that may be going on and maybe be experienced by that child, and any any level of different learning styles. See, I mean, there's it's just like all of a sudden we can we can look at these things just a little bit differently, and we don't have to drink the Kool-Aid. You don't have to drink the ADHD Kool-Aid. It's too easy, and the reason it's easy is because we're looking for a quick fix, and I people have called me a nutball for 20 freaking years. 20 freaking years I've been called a nutball for saying things like, there's something else besides just medication for children. That's not the answer. So anyway, I shared that article. You can see it my, on my Brian Post 32 Facebook page. And uh, then, you know, that just naturally tied in with consequences. I'm like, uh, what else gets people really stirred up? Well, anytime you talk about giving people consequences. And it's, you know, we do the same thing in schools. We want to punish that all consequences is a punishment. A consequence is a punishment. And I, I, I think I closed out last week. I have not been here since last Wednesday because I was flying on on uh, last Tuesday because I was flying on Wednesday and Thanksgiving was on Thursday. And then Friday, I was just taking care of Big Papa. So I talked about consequences last week too. And, you know, it's the thing is we want to punish, 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 punish. Punishment is not how children learn because as soon as you start punishing an individual, you create stress in their brain and their short-term memory gets shut down. It's so simple. That is the most simple understanding possible. Punishment does not teach. Discipline teaches. 
Discipline teaches. In order to be, to truly discipline a child, you have to teach them. The definition of discipline is to teach. In order to be an effective disciplinarian, you have to be an effective disciple. You have to be an effective teacher, which means if you're an effective teacher, you don't want to stress your children out. How many children, how many teachers go into their classroom first thing in the morning and raise holy hell and then expect their children to perform well? Think about standardized test taking time. During standardized test taking time, I'm telling you schools get so calm and get so focused on regulation. Why? 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 Because those standardized tests are a direct reflection on the school. Well, what about the rest of the year? What about the rest? Do you remember that? And right, like right now, if it's standardized testing time, the schools are sending letters home. They're calling parents. They're holding meetings. They're like, how can we create as much calm? We want to make sure all the kids get nutrition. Make sure your child gets a good night's sleep. Make sure your child gets breakfast before they come to school. If you can't afford breakfast, make sure you let us know. If you need transportation, we'll provide transportation. We're going to come in. We're going to sit down. We're going to be very calm. We're not going to be upset. We're going to be very regulated. We're going to say, take your time. If you get frustrated, just chill out. All of a sudden, it gets really regulated around standardized test taking time why is that and why is not that why is that not the same every day of school see instead we create all this chaos all this stress children get stressed out and then we consequence them we give them punishment that's a whole nother topic and it's like some of these topics I've just been talking about them for so long I'm just like eh. I don't want to talk about them anymore. I've just been talking about them so long. And I'm not talking about them for so long. I'm not talking about these topics for 20 years for no freaking reason. Because I'm not talking about because I really am crazy. Although I am a little crazy, but I'm not really that crazy. I just think differently from a lot of people. And so it's like, hmm. Just go back and look at the videos. I had a mom send me a question about consequences. I've talked about consequences ad nauseum over the last year, probably at least 10 times. Just go through the videos, watch them, consume, you know, consume three daily dose a day for the next 30 days and see what happens to your paradigm. I think you'll be surprised. That's it. I'm going to enjoy Oakland. I wish you guys could see it. The problem, I actually, where I'm at, I've got a great view, but a lot of times the problem is the, uh, so that, see, isn't that amazing? You kind of see, I mean, it's not the prettiest, but I tell you what, San Francisco, Oakland just like right across the bridge, this long bridge from San Francisco. San Francisco got this beautiful skyline, and then the ocean's not too far from here. So anyway, that's it for me, guys. Remember, in any given situation, we always have two choices. We can continue to believe and buy into what the masses say. What all the doctors say and all the teachers say and all the psychologists say and all the preachers say, ad nauseum, we can close our eyes and close our ears and just go right along with whatever they tell us for ourselves and for our children. And let me tell you what, that is the very definition of fear. That is choosing fear. When you don't open your eyes and you don't open your ears and you don't say, you know what? I think I'm going to get a second opinion. I think I'm going to get a third opinion. I think I'm going to do more research. When you don't do that, that's the very definition of cultural fear, which Einstein says is an insanity. Doing the same thing 
and expecting a different result if $10.4 billion does not tell you that we are doing the same thing and we are still talking about our ADHD children, there's not a single parent with an ADHD child who's taking Ritalin who is like, yes, my child is now normal. Yes, my child is now perfect. Yes, I no longer have a hyperactive, aggressive child. Yes, not happening. It's not happening. Or we can slow down. We can take three to 10 deep breaths. And we can choose love. God bless each and every one of you. Big Papa loves you. I'll see you tomorrow.